This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Open your Bibles here if you could. Psalm 119. Uh, that's 119. Not Psalm 100 and verse 19, but Psalm 119. And I'll open this up in prayer here and we'll get right into the word here in a minute. Um, and I'm just going to open this up in prayer. We're in the middle of, of a series here called Rethink, and we're just talking about uh, renewing our mind and how true transformation happens in my life as a person and in your life as a person. Um, not so much the, the word that we hear, but the word um, that we uh, really allow to change the way we think. Amen? And so we're going to uh, get into this and... Um, so let's just pray here and honor the word of God here this morning together as a, as a church family. Father, we thank you for your word. We, uh, we reverence your word. We believe that it is the, the very breath of God in text. And Lord, we pray that Holy Spirit, you would breathe on it as we read it and look at it and meditate on it and preach about it and teach on it. Father, I pray that we are transformed as individuals, God, as a result of, of getting into this word. I pray, God, that our minds begin to think differently as a result of today. Let, Lord, our minds begin to think on a divine level, on, on, on God's way of seeing people, seeing ourselves, seeing life, and seeing you, that we would see it through the lens of a mind being renewed. Father, I pray, God, that you, Father God, would transform the spirit of our mind and, and, and tra- change us, God. We want to be more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. amen. All right. Psalm 119. We're going to get right into this. And today, we're going to talk about, we're going to go to v- verse 148. So it's near the end of that chapter. It's the longest book in the Bible, uh, or chapter, if you will. Um, and we're going to uh, look at uh, Psalm 119, verse 148. Uh, and if you, as you turn there... Um, we're going to talk about today, as far as rethinking, a subject that you find all throughout Scripture, from the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament, the subject of meditating. Uh, I know that word's used loosely in our culture, in certain New Age environments they use that terminology, but really, there's, there's so much in the Bible about meditating, meditation, and we're going to really look at that, and this is where true transformation takes place in our life, when we don't just hear the word, or just, um, or, or maybe hear it once, but it's something that we actually take and begin to meditate on. And that's where the change begins. So Psalm 119, verse 148, it says this. It says, my eyes are awake through the night watches. And not just because you have a four-year-old and a two-year-old and they wake you up in the middle of the night every night. Somebody say amen. Uh, but my eyes are awake through the night watches that I might meditate on your word. And so the Word of God isn't just something that we kind of celebrate and get to know and preach on a Sunday, but it is to be meditated on. It is so powerful. It is the breath of God. But it's something about if we don't meditate on it, it's only going to go so deep. That, that it is so powerful. It, it, you know, the Bible says that God framed the world with the Word of God, meaning we're just singing that song, you know, who's holding up the moon. Do you realize the Word of God actually holds creation together? That, that, that planetary motion is the result of the Word of God. That if the moon were to adjust a little bit, it would, it would, who knows what would happen. If the sun and, and, and the earth didn't quite rotate the way it should, if it was off its 
axis or it would it would cause a, a devastation to creation but God's word framed it ordered it and holds it together so if God's word can do that to creation what makes you think he can't change a thinking habit a way of perceiving what, what makes you think he can't take that same creative power and start adjusting this little man's brain <laughs> come on somebody anybody use a little help with your brain come on be all you once again we're a real church for real people and so we all need a little brain adjustment all right and change and so that's what it says meditate on the word that there's something so powerful that's why i love bible college all the tcmi students in here come on somebody where are you at where, are you? where, where yeah, yeah there we go out of south gate everybody give it up Woo. but but that's why bible college bible college is so awesome because it's like they ain't got no choice but to get in the word all day every day even if they don't want to they're about to walk them into a class and learn about old testament something right uh you got pneumatology eschatology all kind of uh, you guys are like what is that i don't even know what those are i just heard them before i'm just saying them they're just nice little theological words but but there's something uh something about really diving into the word i notice so you ever notice sometimes when you first get saved i mean you got your bible i mean you're like <laughs> you know uh, nathaniel one of our young leaders here man that brother's got a big bible he has no, he don't got a cute Bible like I do. He's got there and he don't care. He's not walking up into Stumptown with his, with his Bible. That brother's got a Bible that's about three inches thick. And we'll be hanging out before Bible study. It ain't even Bible study yet. Nathaniel's in Stumptown. Come on, I'm not Stumptown, Groundwork Coffee. And he has got his Bible open, listening to worship, reading his Bible. Come on, somebody say meditate on the word. And there are seasons at times. You might have an opportunity. I'm talking to you Bible college students here. Do it. Dive into it. You know what I'm saying? And you can meditate on the Word all throughout your life. But if you're in this season where ain't much going on other than the Word, do that, please. I beg you. You know, take opportunity to dive and meditate on the Word. So what does this mean, meditate? Because um, this word is so used so loosely in culture. I'm going to give you the Bible definition. It means to muse. Okay, it doesn't necessarily mean just to think about. We're going to talk about this. We're going to go into this. We're talking about rethink. And I'm going to give you some tools to empower you to think differently and to begin to think differently and to make practical steps on thinking differently because we all need some help with our brain. We all need some help in our mind. And, and salvation happens in my heart, but God wants that to trickle up into the way I think and I interact with people and, and go through life. And so once again, meditate means this. It means to muse. It really means to speak to yourself. Look at your neighbor say, talk to yourself once in a while. Okay, so this is what it means. It means, it means to muse. It means to talk of. It means to speak. It means to study. It means to converse with oneself. It means to utter. We're talking about meditate. It also means to pray, to commune, that it is a form of prayer. It is a form of communicating with God. It is a form of fellowship with God, that when I take the word of God and I begin to speak it over my life. We had a, a 7 a.m. prayer call on Facebook, and we were declaring the word over people's life. We were praying the word. We were musing through the word of God, and it also means this, to chew over and over. Um, I believe we should all have a scripture or two that we are chewing on. You need some Holy Ghost beef jerky. Anybody like beef jerky? Uh, uh, 
You're trying to talk to somebody. So good. When I eat an apple, you know how apples are sour? And I'm, my wife is like, why are you smacking? Anybody? I, I'm not intentionally. I'm not like, I don't always talk with my mouth open. But when this is a bitter apple, I'm like. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, you feel me out there? Like, yeah, no offense, babe. It's just. But, but there's something about the word. The Bible says that the word of God is, is meat. So, so it's food. Uh, we have this really beautiful picture in our house, this painting of this little girl. And she has a Bible and she's ripping a page out of it, chewing on it. We got it in Gia's room. Actually, we need to still put that up, don't we? But it's at the house. It's leaning up against her wall in her room. It's a little girl and she is chewing on the word. You know, the prophet ate the scroll. There's something about the word of God that it, for it to change me, I have to eat it. And, and meditate on it. It's part of eating. It's chewing on the cud. Like a cow chews and swallows and, and chews it again. And swallows. You know, and it's, a, it's this constant regurgitation process. Okay, I don't mean to gross you out. But you need to, we need to take that word. And the Bible says, I'm awake through the night watches that I might meditate, chew on, talk up, speak about, uh, and chew on the word. It also means to chew over. It's also come from the word percolate. Look at your neighbor say, don't hate, percolate. Tell them, don't hate, percolate. Don't hate, percolate. That's what percolate. Now, all of you new, all you young people out there, I know you drink all kind of cool little $5 cup of coffee. I had one this morning. Um, but, but back in the 80s, right, we had this same, we, called, we had something called just a coffee maker. And it was, you could get it for, at Kmart for, you know, 20 bucks. And you, just, you put a coffee filter in it and you put like Folgers, anybody know what I'm talking about? I drink that stuff now, I'm like, this is nasty, right? But back then, that was a cup of coffee, 50 cents. I know some old school folks, you don't care, you roll up into 7-Eleven, bring your kids, it's all good. I'm not, you know, but, but I'm saying percolate, that's what it means. So, so when, when the coffee's percolating in that thing, what happens is, is the water begins to boil and it begins to go through the filter which is a porous substance, which means it's porous, meaning water can travel through it. And so that's how you get coffee. You put the coffee grounds, and you know, you got, anybody got like pour over coffee? Yeah? Come on, people, come on. This is class, this is a participation church, okay? I need you to preach with me. Anybody like coffee? Anybody think it, it's borderline sin to be addicted to caffeine? It's okay, yeah? Some of you, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Some of the same person love it. Sin. Yep, it's sin, but I love it. Sin is pleasurable for a season. And then when you go on a fast and you're a headache, you, you're going to call your doctor. I have a migraine. Why? I just didn't drink my coffee for this morning. I'm like, uh. You know, you think the world's going to come to an end? <laughs> Give me a cup of coffee. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's not a, somebody say percolate. So percolate is a process that water travels through this filter. It's a porous substance. That's where you get the word um, meditate. It means to percolate. Or really what it says is take time to allow the living word of God to pass through your thinking process. Let it percolate. Let that thing in your heart bubble up and pass through your mind. Allow that word to just filter through your mind. It takes time. It is, you know, um, eating yogurt 
is different than chewing on some beef jerky. Beef jerky takes some time and effort. Some of y'all need to get a word in. How you doing? Just keep my mouth closed. I'm just going to chew on this. Look at your neighbor and say, chew on it. Chew on it. It means to percolate. It is a process that sends liquid through a porous substance. Meditating on the word is a process. The Bible says the washing of water of the word to pass through that cranium you got. And we fall into trouble because we love God and we are saved, but we ain't taking time to percolate and our mind is not changing. We're in church for years, but we still think like we're in prison and you're not. It's because of your mind. The children of Israel came out of Egypt and they're thinking kept them in the wilderness for 40 years because of their thinking okay I know it's quiet it's all right all I hear is the fan I get an amen from the fan thank you fan I got a hum over there from the fan come on somebody but here we go Psalm 119 go to verse 99 go back a little bit Psalm 119 verse 99 says this, I have more, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For the test, for your testimonies are my meditation. My goodness. I have more understanding than all my teachers. I have more wisdom. And that word understanding really means success. It means to prosper. It means to be an expert. You ought to be an expert in the, scripturally, be an expert in the area that you used to struggle in. You had issues with lust, you ought to be an expert on holiness. Yeah, Jesus. You, you had anger problems, you ought to be an expert what the Bible says about love. You had depression problems, you ought to be an expert on praise. Oh, yeah. This is, this is, this is Church Living 101, people. Come on, somebody. You know, we ought to be an expert. I'm not saying you need to be a Bible scholar. I'm just saying if I'm going to change, I got to percolate. I got to chew on something. I, I struggled a lot as a kid with insecurities. You know, uh, based on how I grew up, the abuse I went through and all that stuff just messed my mind up. And so I had to get into the Word, meditate on the Word of God, chew on this thing. One of the scriptures I love, if I've ever, if I've ever signed a birthday card to you, it probably has John 15, 16 in it, which says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit, that your fruit should remain. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. I'm not trying to prove that I know scripture. Well, maybe a little bit. I'm supposed to know it. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I know that scripture because as a child, when I first got saved as a teenager, it was something that showed that God chose me, that I'm his, that I'm chosen, that, that he called me, that, that I'm resting not on my own efforts and my own choosing, but that he's telling me, Sean, I didn't, you didn't choose me. I chose you. You're my son. You're my boy. I got your back. I chose you. And I appointed you, Sean, to go and to bear fruit. That's your fruit. You're going to bear fruit, Sean. You're going to bear fruit. Look, I'm meditating right now. I'm preaching to myself. Sometimes you say, man, I didn't get a word at church. Well, preach to yourself then. Preach yourself to church. Preach yourself on the way home from church. Preach yourself out of your bed tomorrow morning. Come on, somebody. So here it is. Uh, my first point is this. Meditation will accelerate your understanding. You are not a victim. 
Ain't nobody else going to do this for you. I hope you come back on Wednesday to midweek after I preach this message. But some stuff, ain't nobody going to do it for you. And they're not supposed to do it for you. And we can't sit here and blame people because they didn't do what they're supposed to do. Yeah, I got a hum from the fan in the back. But you got what it takes. You're a man and woman of God. You have the word of God. Break out your Holy Ghost beef jerky and chew on it. Chew that thing. Meditation will accelerate your understanding. Well, you know, I just, you know, people just never really did right, did me right. Or, you know, I grew up like this. Or, you know, society's kind of pushing me down. That might be true to some degree. I'm not going to take away from your struggle. But I'm here to tell you that you have, you are, you are your own person in God. And you could get yourself a word. All right. Yeah, thank you. Hallelujah. I got an amen from the children's church team. Okay. Thank you. But, 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 but that's what it means. Look at this. I, 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 I have more understanding than all my teachers. For the testimonies. For your testimonies are my meditation. It's the result of meditating. Your understanding will excel. You know the Bible says that those that seek the Lord understand all things. That, that's how, man, I'm confused. I don't really know what's going on. You start seeking God, start meditating on the word of God, and you're going to be understanding what's really going on. Come on, somebody. Let's go to verse 78. Psalm 119, verse 78. As you're turning, I'm going to read a quote here from, from Thomas Watson. He was a Puritan back, I believe, in the 1700s, 1600s. He said this, the reason we come away so cold from reading the word is because we do not warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. Ooh, that's kind of deep, huh? But check it out. The, the reason we come away so cold from reading the Bible is because we do not warm ourselves at the fire of meditation. Psalm 119, verse 78 says, it says, let, let the proud be ashamed for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood or they deceived me they did me dirty but I will somebody say I will everybody say but I will say that we say people did me wrong people offended me people crossed me people tried to deceive me people try to mess up my life but I will say you guys say but I will but check it out, but I will meditate on your precepts. Right, I didn't tell you to say that, but thank you. Come on, give yourself a hand. That was awesome. But, but look, look, people did, but look it. This is the thing. It's, it's my second point. Meditation guards you from offense. It guards you. Keep, you. keep your mind clean. The washing of water by the word. Get that word. We got to learn to rethink. It is, a, it is, a, it is a, a, an act of our will that man, I'm going to take this word. I'm going to chew on this thing. There's a particular scripture just right now within the last week or so that I'm personally meditating on. It's in Acts chapter 20. It's when the Apostle Paul called the elders. I was sharing this at midweek. When the Apostle Paul called the elders and he wanted to speak to them because he would never see them again. I was just reading that and there's a couple of the scriptures there. I think it's verse 22 to 24. It just jumped out of me. You ever read the word? You're like, hey, whoa, that, that'll do. I'll take that. We got to have moments where we're not even necessarily looking for something. You just crack that thing open. You're like, there's my word. Look at your neighbor and say, I got me a word. So meditation guards you from offense. And the, and the word he was saying in there, and this is just something I'm personally meditating on. I just want to give you something practical that I am doing. 
that, that I'm, I just, even when I was studying this message, I would go over to Acts 20. It has nothing to do with my message, but I was like, oh, I'm going to go over here and read that. And what he was talking about was, look, he said this. Apostle Paul was crazy. This man was intense. He said, I, I'm going bound in spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing what's going to happen, other than God, tell, Holy Spirit's telling me that chains await me. Meaning like God's calling me into a city to be persecuted. This is what he said. None of these things move me. And I do not count my life dear to myself that I might finish my race with joy. You know? And, and I just read that. I'm like, oh, wow, that's so awesome. Like, I'm going to finish this life with joy. Like, like you, you, you can finish your season with joy. You don't have to fin go across that finish line like, oh, barely made it. You can finish with joy. That, that this apostle is about to go into cities to be bound and beaten. It says chains, the Holy Spirit told him. You got some chains in that city, brother, but I'm with you. He's like, none of these things move me. That brother was meditating on the word that he was free from offense because of the word he had inside of him. And that, that's just ministering. It's something I'm chewing on. Wow. The things this guy was facing and going through and as a minister, you know, the, the, just the, the, the pressures that Paul went through, the persecution, he says, look, I'm going to finish this thing with joy. Man. So anyway, that's just something I wanted to share with you there. Psalm 119, verse 78, once again, let the proud be ashamed, for they treated me wrongfully with falsehood, but I will meditate on your precept. You know, there's other scriptures in the Bible talks about like I have, you know, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It keeps you from offense. Something about getting in the word and chewing on that thing. You know, the book of James says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. That word that merges with you, that becomes one with you, it's the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. There's something about that word being engrafted in us, it becoming one with us. The word protects, the word guards, the word cleanses, the word washes, the word renews, the word transforms, all right? Here's another one. I didn't give this to them, but you could turn there. Psalm 119, verse 165 says this, great peace have those who love your word or your law and nothing causes them to stumble. Meditation guards you from offense. Once again, great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble or nothing causes them to fall or nothing causes them to be offended my goodness things are going to happen in your life things are going to happen in church people are not going to do you right intentional or otherwise you are all going to run into some people that you're going to feel like slapping them upside the head but thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you that I meditate. Those, they did me wrong, falsely. They were wrong. They lied about me. They lied about me. They talked, but I have meditated on your word and your word is keeping me through the process. 
It's very sad to see somebody, you know, the Bible talks about the, the planting of the, the, the seed is the word of God, as Jesus talk, taught about how, you know, some are sown on good ground, some stony ground, some uh, don't, don't go underneath the earth and, you know, the fowl there come and snatch it up. The devil come and snatch it up. And so it's that soil in our heart that, that, that we allow to percolate that produces. See, every word I've heard, if every word I heard and read I produced, I'd be on a whole other level spiritually. <laughs> but I do have some that have been sown. It's, 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 it's allowing that word to work out in our life. Amen? Once again, meditation guards you from offense. Let's go to this other scripture here. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. Allow it to percolate in your heart. 1 Timothy 4, verse 15. This is Apostle Paul. He's talking to Timothy, his spiritual son. And he's encouraging him. If you look at this in the context of what he's talking about, he's encouraging him to stir up the gift of God inside of him. He's telling him, look, man, I need you to be an example as a young person. Um, I need you to be an example of purity and all this good stuff. And, and he's really kind of laying it down, just really encouraging him as a young man of God. 1 Timothy 4, 15 and as he's telling them all this stuff, he's encouraging them to preach the word and all this good stuff. Um, and then he gets here um, in verse 15. I want to read it out of my Bible. I have it in my notes, but I'm going to read it here. 1 Timothy 4.15. After he says all that, he says, meditate. Everybody say meditate. Everybody say percolate. Everybody say chew on it. Everybody say speak it. Okay, so, so meditate on these things. Here it is. Give yourself entirely to them. Now, you might say, wow, that's a, that's a big Bible there, Sean. And, you're cause, and that might be a lot. It might seem like overwhelming, like, wow, that's a lot. You know, this is pretty big. There's 66 books. There's two covenants. Well, main covenants represented in here. I mean, you got a lot going on in here. Like, you, how you expect me, you know? But for you, it could be one scripture that is really something that you're just chewing on right now. It's something you might have heard it through preaching, through heard it on a Sunday service, heard it from somebody else, somebody share a scripture, something you just hear by the Holy Spirit to go and read. And God will, 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 will the Holy Spirit is walking with you through this and he'll drop something in your spirit to chew on. And like I said, the scripture in, in Acts chapter 20 isn't something I was like, I was intentionally looking for something to meditate on. It was just, I'm just reading. And it was like the Holy Spirit just kind of gave that to me to chew on it and to meditate on it. And I, I, I've been saying to myself, none of these, I was doing the dishes la, uh, last night. Come on, give me a hand. I did the dishes. Yeah. Come on, come on. My wife isn't clapping. She's like, you better do them, dude. <laughs> but I was sitting there just do it, just saying none of these things move me. Now I don't have any I don't have any chains here in LA yet. Nobody's trying to put me in chains and drag me out the city and leave me for dead or nothing like that. But just in my spirit, none of these things move me. None of these things. What am I doing? Meditating. None of these talking to myself. None of these things move me. I'm gonna finish this thing with joy. I'm gonna finish with joy. I'm gonna finish this with joy. I'm, none of these things move me. How you doing, Pastor Sean? None of these things move me. Finish this thing with joy. I'm going to finish my race, finish my course. I'm going to finish this thing. I'm going to finish. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to finish. So what is that? What is it you're meditating on? What is it you're chewing on? Because 
if it's not being meditated on, chances are it's not really transforming your mind. You know, I mean, God can give you revelation and just, oh, you know, but you, go, you have a whole lot of ups and downs. And when you're going through the process, when you're going through the tough time, it's the word you meditate on that's going to keep you, church. It's the word you meditate on. It's the word you're chewing. It's the birth beef, the birth, the beef jerky you got in your backpack. Anybody like, anybody ever travel? Like when I travel, I'm like, I'm going to get me some nuts. I need something to chew on because sometimes them little nasty things in there, in there, those little nasty peanuts they give you. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to get me some, like my own, yeah, I have almonds, right? Yeah, almonds or what's the other ones? Where cat, yeah, cashews, right? Chew. Anybody got that snack food, right? My my wife loves crackers. She loves crackers. She loves a cracker. She loves that cracker. <laughs> I, anyway, she loves that cracker. She calls me uh, she calls me white chocolate mocha is what she calls me. Yes, Lord. So, come on, so, but <laughs> anybody got you got to have your little snacks with you. You got to have something like when I try, I like what's the other kind of not pistachios? I'm all about because you get it makes you work for it. You got to crack it open, you know. And I got my pistachios. I get I, I'm, I'm a, everywhere we go, we got a bag of food in our car because we have two little kids. And I was thinking about this day, I was like. Pastor Nick got a lot of more kids than me. But why do we have a bigger bag of food? I never see them with a bag of food. And I got two lunch pails, one for Nico, one for Gia. I got a bag of white crackers for my wife in a Ziploc bag. We got waters. Uh, we, we, you know, it just depends where we get. Like, it don't matter. We, when we go to the mall, we, we got the, the, the two-seat stroller. That We got food up in there. I got two apples waiting for me when I get out of here. What else we got, babe? bananas, whatever. Some of you are looking at me like, why are you sharing your personal business with me? I just say, you got to have a word like that, just something you're chewing on. I came with my, my snacks. Come on, somebody. Come on now. You ever should go to a party and you eat all the little hors d'oeuvres and then they got carne asada and you're, you're not even hungry. Well, I, no, you'll still eat the carne asada. But, but you got to have your little word. You got to have your little snack food. What are you chewing on? You know, what are you chewing on? You know, are you that person that goes on the hiking trip, you don't bring no food, and you start dipping in everybody else's bag? Come on. Come on now. You know, in high school, you were the one. Hey, let me get some of those nachos. You were, you were like, look, man, I didn't get no lunch money. Come on. Come on. You, you weren't afraid to ask your neighbor, I'll be, I'll, I'll be church for you, your neighbor or some, for some nachos or whatever, that chimichanga. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Said it like a white boy, chimichanga. Right? You know, you got, you got to come with your own snacks. Come on, somebody. It's a potluck. This church here is a potluck every Sunday. You better bring, come on, somebody. I know some of you show up to the potluck. Like potluck, cool, all kind of food. You don't bring nothing. And you were in the email supposed to bring chips. You know the person. And they're everybody's friend. What's up, Mary? Like, hey, where's, where's the Hawaiian punch, man? You're supposed to bring the snack, the juice. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Vanessa's like, send them to 7-Eleven down the street. 
Trader Joe's, you go get some, yeah, chips and no chips and salsa. It's your fault. Come on, somebody. Bring, look at your neighbor and say, bring your own food. And so you got, you got to be a believer that you bring your own food. You got your own food. You got your own little bag of snacks. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. When we go to the movies, we, we sneak our food, our food in there. I brought, I brought, I brought, we brought Subway sandwiches. Boom. Everybody in there smelt it. I'll start, get a six foot long, start selling it. Yeah. Who, who, who sneaks food into the movies? Come on. You, you sinners. You thieves and robbers. <laughs> right? We bring our own food. Come on, somebody. Unless we forget, we're like, dang, we're about to spend $25 on a popcorn and a soda. The devil is a liar. I got my own. I got my own. Uh, what is Crystal Gale like? Those little, uh, those little sweet gummies, what do you call them? Okay, yeah, Sour Patch Kids. Come on, somebody. Bring, you guys get the point. You guys get the point. Look at your neighbor and say, bring your own food. Right, you got to meditate on that. You got to chew on that. Because look, the, the, the preacher can give you something, but I can't meditate on it for you. Your spouse can give you something, but look, you got to chew on that yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, chew on it yourself. Okay, we got to take it home and chew on it. That's what it means. Say law, pause. In the book of Psalms, it says say law means pause, like think about it. Isn't that interesting? There's a rhythm in reading the word. Some of you are like, yeah, I read my 20 chapters today. Praise the Lord. I'm like, what'd you get? God is good all the time. You need to pause and think about it. Look at your name and say, say, say law. Pause. Think about it. In Psalms, you'll know certain Psalms, it's like there's a portion. Then it says, say law. It's like, oh, let's go back. Let's read it again. Selah. Let's go back. Chew on that. Look at say, chew on that. Okay, here we go. We're almost done. I said I was going to read 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 15. Here we go. I did, didn't I? Meditate on these things. Here we go. Meditate on these things. Meditate. He's a spiritual leader. Giving him a word. He's like, look, take it home. Anybody go to the barbecue spot? To go back, please. You got a plate of food. Anybody go to a barbecue at somebody's house or the barbecue spot? I never leave a barbecue spot with styrofoam. Some ribs. Come on, somebody. You leave the house with your little doggy bag. Leave the house with, with what you got. Take it home with you. Selah, pause. You got, you got to take that home with you. You got to put that, uh, for Mother's Day, uh, we had my brother, he like ordered barbecue from Texas and they shipped it to us. Yeah. And we still got a couple ribs at the house. Somebody say, chew on it. He called me and says, look, man, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to call this place in Texas. And, they're gonna, and we have so much, I'm like, this is sinful because it was only a handful of us and we took it home, all kind of stuff. I mean, I was like, praise the Lord. Like lunch last Sunday was amazing. Take it home. 
All right, let's do this. Come on over, get some ribs. But you, you know, you take it home with you. That's how God serves. He's extravagant. He never gives you just enough. He wants you to take it home. Chew on it. Get your little spiritual styrofoam or your little plate and then you put the uh, aluminum foil over it. Some people that don't even have, you don't care. If you, there's no aluminum foil for it. It's all good. Put another plate on it. Heavy stuff on the bottom. Come on, somebody. You, you, you will take that food home. When people say, hey, you want something? No, I'm not going to act humble. I'm going to say yes. And my wife, it will definitely, when it comes to me, my wife's like, she will make sure we got some ribs and we're taking it home. Come on, somebody. So here we go. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them. If you want to grow spiritually, we're going to do our part as a church community, as, as leaders. But at the end of the day, it does come down to you. At the end of the day, my spiritual development comes down to me, not on my pastor. You know, I don't go to Pastor Jay. I have a lunch with my pastor every Tuesday. We talk ministry stuff and all that good stuff. But my spiritual development, to some degree, is coming from him. But at the end of the day, I got I to gotta do, do something myself. I got to work this thing out myself. Little by little, I'm getting Nico to learn to put his shoes on. I'm trying not to do everything for him. I want to see where he's at. How far can you get these on before they're on the wrong feet? You know, how far can you get these things on? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress, your progress, your spiritual development, that your progress may be evident or manifest to all. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I don't have to put on a show for anybody. You don't have to prove your spirituality to anybody. You meditate on the word. You chew on that word. You, you, you give yourself to it and your progress will manifest. And people be like, man, you've come a long way. Even people that knew you, even people that, that doubt you, even people that hate you, you just need to get back in that word. Keep meditating on that word. It's not going to return void. It's going to produce something in your life. You are growing. You aren't going to stay the same. You are headed somewhere. You are progressing. It's my last point. Pursue the word and you will progress. Pursue the word and you will progress, church. You pursue the word. You will progress. You know that word progress? This is what it means. And this literally means, this word progress means this. It means to base, to really like take a machete and, 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 and go through a jungle with all kind of obstructions and to make your way through a jungle. It means to cut out things that are in your way. And that word inside of you, your meditation will enable you to take ground that has never been taken ground in your family. It's going to become through meditation. You might have come from a family, a bunch of addicts, people are lost, messed up, in prison, whatever. You meditate on that word and you're going to cut through generational curses, things people said about you. You're going to cut through the things from your past trying to vex you, pull you back. 
It's the word you meditate on. It's like a machete. It literally means to cut through the things that nobody is taking ground. I'm here to tell you this right now. God is calling you to take ground that has never happened in your family. God is calling you to make progress. And you might say, Best Sean, this is a fight. This is a war. Yeah, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. But look, you can finish this thing with joy. God's anointed you to be a pioneer in your family and, and in your world and in your own personal life. God is calling every one of you to progress in the things of God. Come on, somebody, give God some praise. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.